Ridiculous Rock Record Reviews with your host, Aaron Martell. Hello there, I'm Aaron Martell, and welcome to Ridiculous Rock Record Reviews, a podcast where I talk about and review a rock album of my choice. Today I'm flying solo, no co-pilots, but if you're listening and you're interested in coming on the show to review an album with me, I'm always on the lookout for co-pilots to host the podcast with me. There are a few ways to get in touch with me, which I'll go over at the end of the show. So on this week's episode, I'm going to review ZZ Top's 1981 album El Loco. ZZ Top, that little old band from Texas. I'm sure I probably heard one of their earlier songs on rock radio, but the first thing I can remember from ZZ Top is the album Eliminator from 1983 and the music videos the band made from that record. I thought the band had a funny name and they looked cool with the two long bearded dudes and the drummer named Beard who didn't have one, plus the cool ass car with hot women in it. The videos were fun and showed the band had a great sense of humor, plus the tunes were rocking and I welcomed them in the middle of all the 80s synth pop nonsense that was dominating the charts. I got Eliminator on cassette and took to it like a fish to water. And from then on, I bought all the subsequent ZZ albums as soon as they were released. But at some point, I heard enough different songs of theirs on the radio to know they had a back catalog. And so, probably in my mid-twenties, I made a point to collect the ZZ albums I didn't own, and on one of those CD-buying runs, I picked up El Loco, and there you have it. Now I'm going to tell you some basic facts about this record, brought to you by Wikipedia. Who knows? Wiki knows! El Loco is the seventh studio album by American rock band ZZ Top, released in July 1981 on the Warner Brothers label. It was produced by Bill Ham and recorded in 1981 at Ardent Studios, Memphis, Tennessee. It reached number 17 on the Billboard Pop Albums chart and is certified gold by the RIAA. The title El Loco means the crazy one in Spanish. With that done, I'll go over the band's lineup card. We have Billy F. Gibbons on vocals and guitar, Dusty Hill on vocals and bass guitar, and Frank Beard on drums and percussion. All tracks on this album are credited to Billy Gibbons, Dusty Hill, and Frank Beard. Now I'll get into a track-by-track analysis of this album. The lead-off track is Tube Snake Boogie. This begins with Frank laying down a tight boogie beat along with shakers added for percussion leading to a grooving, bluesy rock number. Billy sings in his gruff, scratchy voice about his girl that does the boogie-woogie all night long. I read online that Tube Snake is slang for surfboard, and Billy Gibbons said this track is about a surfing-inspired dance, but I don't know about that. I can see Tube Snake is slang for something else, and this band has a penchant for using sexual innuendos and double entendres in their lyrics, so you tell me what it's about. Billy plays some cool blues licks, and this has always been a popular track, a radio staple that it's the first of two from this record. I dig this tune, and it sucks me right into the album. Blow your top, blow your top! 
The next track is I Wanna Drive You Home. rhythm carries through this song as the tempo is a little slower and Billy uses a car as a metaphor for a woman as he describes what he likes about said automobile I mean girl it's more double entendres with a bit of a creepy vibe as it's heavily implied that the girl is underage and a virgin and he wants to drive her home they're the kind of lyrics that in 2018 today's climate would get Billy in hot water but back in 1981, these lyrics were par for the course on countless songs by countless artists. ZZ Top often used automobile imagery in their lyrics and videos, so really this was nothing new. Billy plays some sweet, clean guitar with maybe a touch of distortion and a lengthy slide guitar solo to close out the song as the rhythm section maintains its steady groove. I've always liked this track, including the cheeky lyrics, and to my ears, the album is off to a great start. Moving on, we get 10-foot pole. ZZ Top gets funky. This tune has a funk rock feel and groove, with Billy playing some chunky funk guitar and the rhythm section keeping it loose and danceable with extra shaker percussion supplied. The vocals are hilarious. I don't know if there are any actual lyrics to this song, but if there are, they're rendered irrelevant since Billy mumbles unintelligibly through the vocals, sounding something like this. Oh yeah, he does throw in the line, I wouldn't touch it with a ten-foot pole, at the end of each stanza, so it's up to you to figure out what the fuck he's talking about. After the second run-through of this, the music changes to a faster, more rock-oriented groove, as Billy plays a standard guitar solo for a few bars, before settling back to the original funk groove, and Billy taking us out with a weird-sounding, warbly solo. This is one weird-ass tune, the first on this record, and I dig the shit out of it. Next up is Leela. This basically is a 1950s-style love song, complete with a dreamy chorus and tender vocals from Billy. The band employs a light touch here. Billy's guitar sounds like a pedal steel in the solo. This is the ballad of the record, and the lyrics are of a typical she-left-me-and-I-can't-get-over-her type. The sound of the track is syrupy and maintains a sad, forlorn vibe. Though the song is well-executed, it doesn't do a whole lot for me, and it's my least favorite on the album, making Leela... Aaron Stinky Stinker. 
Continuing on, we come to Don't Tease Me. This comes across as a pop rock song. There's no sign of the blues that previously was always a hallmark of the band. Billy still plays some fine guitar in this, and the rhythm section stays as basic as it gets with no flashiness. They're just playing it straight. The lyrics are about wanting to hold on to the girl and keep her happy, but he's worried that she might break his heart and dump him. Dusty Hill makes his first appearance singing lead on the record, on the very catchy chorus, and his voice is a good compliment to Billy's. It's rough around the edges, but isn't as gravelly. It's a bit more smooth. There's a pleading, desperate vibe to Dusty's vocals that suits the lyrics perfectly. This song isn't musically groundbreaking by any means, but I've always kind of dug it. It is what it is. So let's flip the imaginary record over and drop the imaginary needle on It's So Hard. This feels like a companion song to Don't Tease Me. It's another pop rock number that doesn't rock quite as hard, but carries a similar vibe to that previous track. Billy's guitar is clean, and he's staying with a light touch, but he always seems to make the right note choices, and I never get tired of listening to him. His vocals are very sympathetic, as this time the lyrics are about offering words of comfort to someone who's been going through a breakup. Billy knows where you're at, he's been there, and it's hard to deal with those feelings. The chorus is another good one, and will stick to your eardrums like glue. As the song fades, Billy solos out, while Frank offers a few short drum fills to keep your ear engaged. I like this one too. I usually like it when ZZ branches out into different territories. Now here comes Pearl Necklace. <laughs> This track jumps right in, and Billy chuckles as the band settles into a sleazy two-chord rock groove. Frank continuously uses a dot-dot harder accent on the drums for emphasis before the verses and all during the final guitar solo that works really well. Amazingly, this track is one of ZZ's most popular songs and still gets played on the radio today. And I say amazingly because I find it hilarious that some dumb fucks out there don't know what the lyrics are actually about. The lady in the song wants a pearl necklace, but it ain't the piece of jewelry she's looking for. There goes ZZ with her double entendres again. They must have been laughing their asses off when this became a hit for them. Musically, I dig the two guitar solo sections as Billy treats us to some melodic runs, and the track overall is a well-known ZZ Top classic. Of course I dig it. So let's move on to Groovy Little Hippie Pad. Hey! 
This short, strange little track is a key moment in the history of ZZ Top, believe it or not. The sound is primarily driven by a burbling synthesizer line, which gives the song a mechanical texture that had never appeared in the band's music before. But this was the early 80s, and synthesizers were appearing all over the musical landscape and even coloring inside the boundaries of harder rock songs and albums. ZZ decided to throw their hats in the ring and give it a shot, and this led to the band fully embracing the technology and integrating it into their sound beginning with the record after this one. As for this track, it has a 12-bar blues structure with fairly nonsensical lyrics about a blonde-haired mama in a jeep with a German shepherd and fixing brown rice and apparently just living the hippie lifestyle. You got me. And despite the synth doodles, there features some Billy Gibbons guitar goodness, so there is some familiarity, and we're not left completely out in the wilderness. But I like the weirdness of this track, even though on the larger scheme of things it's more or less a throwaway tune, but that's just me. The penultimate track is Heaven, Hell, or Houston. Yes, it's me again. I've just returned from the island of Chandelier. What am I doing in town? Well, I'm glad you asked. I'm just passing through in search of the ever-lucid Thunderbird. Hello, darling. Yes, I know it's the second weird-ass song in a row on this album. There's some sort of bell percussion on the opening and closing riff that I find rather cool, and it leads into a slow, understated groove that provides the backdrop for the vocals, which find Billy on the telephone speaking in a funny accent and talking about absurd things like returning from the island of Chandelier, searching for the ever-elusive Thunderbird, and passing out handbills on Austin Street and... Then the song goes into a faster, funky, instrumental break, featuring additional percussion from Frank Beard and an odd Billy Gibbons guitar solo. Then we abruptly return to the opening riff, as Billy hopes we'll meet again on some sin-infested street corner in Houston, Texas. This track is pure throwaway filler, but I fucking love it anyway. Farewell, darling. And that brings us to the final track, Party on the Patio. This is a fast blues rock boogie, complete with cowbell all over this bad boy. Dusty sings lead on this, as he describes taking over someone's fancy house while the owners are away and throwing a wild bash in the backyard while they get inside the house too. He describes what some of the party goers are doing, whether they're in the sauna, the whirlpool, or the icebox, having a great time. Hell, Billy G's even passed out underneath the sink, until the cops come and they all have to haul ass out of there over the fence, except Mary, who didn't make it. Where'd she go? Haven't seen her since. The track maintains its brisk tempo, and Billy must have woken up because he provides some ace guitar to play us out. It's a fun track and a terrific album closer. Now that the track-by-track track is finished, it's time to go into my final thoughts and album rating. 
For you new listeners, the rating is a 0 to 5 system, with 5 being a favorite album of mine, all the way down to a 0, which is among the worst abominations ever recorded. I love the unholy frig out of ZZ Top. As purveyors of Texas-flavored bluesy rock, they are second to none. Their 70s output sets the standard for the genre, and the hits from that period are undeniably brilliant. But the 80s signaled a seismic shift in popular music, and in many instances the cold, sterile tones of keyboard synthesizers were beginning to take over. Instead of fighting this trend, ZZ would embrace it and utilize it to their advantage while still maintaining their personalities and rocking guitar licks. El Loco is a transitional album, the bridge from the old raw sound of ZZ Top to their shiny new synth-enhanced sound, which would blossom and explode the band's popularity on the next album, Eliminator. El Loco, in a lot of ways, is the ignored album. You won't see this on many best-of lists, and if I'm being honest, I can understand why. It's weird, it's diverse, it's got only two well-known tracks, and it's sandwiched between two albums that are much more highly regarded, Diguello and Eliminator. El Loco is an appropriate title for it, but I think I really like it because of its quirkiness, and this oddball little album is pretty unique in the ZZ Top canon. I probably like it more than I should. I'm giving this a four and a half, unapologetically. It ain't the biggest ZZ Top record, but for me, it's one of the best. Aw, yeah. Now I'd like to give a shout out to a podcast that I enjoy listening to. It's called Growing Up Rock, and it's another music-based podcast with hosts Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Pooney. This podcast focuses on rock music as nostalgia and the soundtrack to people's lives, with stories and interviews with bands and fans about what the music means to them. It also keeps a foot in what's happening currently in rock as well. It's a fun show, and I enjoy listening to the stories and identifying with them. So that's Growing Up Rock. Dig it. And that's going to do it for this episode. You can find this podcast at places like iTunes, Stitcher, and Podbean. So if you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review of it. If you take the time to do that, I'll read your review right here on the show. If you'd like to contact me directly, I can be reached at RidiculousRockRecords at gmail.com and also on the Ridiculous Rock Record Reviews Facebook page, where there's a link to hear each podcast. You can also review the show on Facebook if you prefer to do it that way, and yes, I'll read your Facebook review on the podcast. You want to come on the podcast and talk about an album with me? Shoot me an email, we'll set it up. I'm always looking for co-pilots to host the show with me, and I would also welcome any requests or suggestions for albums to cover. Feel free to leave all of your feedback, comments, reviews, and or suggestions at any of those places I just described. I'd love to hear from you. And lastly, here at R4, we thank you so much for giving this podcast a listen, and a massive thank you if you like and support the show. Take care, and I'll catch you later. There's some dumb fucks who really don't know what the lyrics are actually about. It's when a guy jizzes on the girl's neck, gives her a pearl necklace. The jizz is the pearl necklace. Get it? Pearl necklace. Semen is a pearl necklace. <laughs> you want a pearl necklace? I'll give you a pearl necklace, baby. Uh, oh boy, that's probably too much. Alright, I'm just gonna edit this shit out anyway. Pearl necklace! Oh, she want a pearl necklace!